Welcome to the Attack Action Podcast, where we talk about friendship, fun times, and most importantly, flesh and blood. Here are your hosts, Taylor and Isaac. Hello, Attactioneers. Welcome to the podcast. This is one of your hosts, Taylor Morrow. I'm here with my other hosts, Isaac and Colin. What's up, guys? I'm one of the hosts, Isaac, and uh, just settling back in after Worlds. And I guess I'm a host, too, and I, <laughs> I'm i here again. You're, you're a cool. regular. I know. I belong here. You were also at Worlds with us. I was also at Worlds, which is what we're going to talk about eventually. <laughs> So true. Yeah. So no surprise, Colin's here. Uh, if you listen to our last episode, uh, you then know Colin will be here. And if you didn't, congratulations, Colin's here. So you're welcome. You should go check that episode out. It was uh, a lot of good information and a lot of me trying not to be a bummer and failing. <laughs> you yeah. were fine. I was fine. Yeah, you never bum me out, actually, just so you know. Thank you. I'm a work in progress. <laughs> Who isn't, you know? Fuck yeah. <laughs> oh, man. There's so much to talk about. So uh, let's let's skip all of our what's happening in our life, and let's go right into the news. Isaac, what do you got for the news? Uh, there was just a bans and restricted announcement in which nothing in CC changed, but there were several blitz changes. Um, notably, Storm Striders was made legal again after its long hiatus in, uh, you know, the banished zone. And <laughs> instead, uh, both Hypothermia and Aether Ice Vein are now banned in an effort to maybe target Icelander a bit more and not have uh, Kano just be a, a casualty of, you know, Icelanders' reign. Icelanders' reign of ice. Yep, that's totally true. Uh, no changes to classic constructed. Um, I do think these changes to Blitz will uh, make it, you know, more interesting. Uh, you know, I think the most notable thing is just how uh up and down the ban and restricted list is for blitz nowadays it's just like constantly changing and you know who knows who knows what's going to happen yeah oh, i mean that's <clears throat> that's some, what they well, said they just were, just really quick before i something i forgot is uh aether wildfire is banned instead of um, Storm Striders for Kano. So he still took a hit. Um, it's like pretty important. All right, go on, go on, Colin. Yeah, I was just going to say, I think that's pretty in line with what they said Fab 2.0 was going to be for Blitz. Uh, just a lot more tuning on a regular basis, which the format needs because it is unhinged. Um, I've been playing a little bit of Blitz this week and it's it's wild. It's not... It's not, I don't really know what to do. I just, I try to play a game and sometimes I get a game and other times I just get killed in, in like one or two times. <laughs> so 
Um, but yeah, uh, glad the Storm Striders are back. Uh, interesting that they removed them just in time to make, you know, Kano just unviable in Blitz for Worlds, but all didn't do anything to affect Icelander because <laughs> she still did really well in Blitz at Worlds. Um, so we'll see how that goes. I. I understand the banning of Ether Wildfire. It's probably one of those things that can make a turn one, you know, OTK possible. Um, even though it is a bummer um, for Kano, our boy Kano. But you know, it's Blitz. It's not our main priority on in our lives or this podcast. So we'll see. Yeah, I, I actually really like this ban and restricted announcement and the aggressive banning they've been doing. Because like you said, I mean, Blitz is pretty broken oftentimes just because of the nature of the format. So I think an aggressive ban strategy um, has worked, right? Like um, it's slowed the format down. Most games have like multiple turns and uh, I think it works really well. I was a bit annoyed because I'm like, this is the announcement that should have happened a month ago. And I don't know what they were doing a month ago. And yeah. just, I would have liked to play Kano at Worlds, even with a wildfire ban or whatever. I just enjoy the hero. So uh, that was a little weird for me, but, um, you know, at least we're we're getting there now. So great job. Yeah, totally. It's still weird or hard or uh, doesn't sit with me right. The weird tinkering with formats and stuff with the bnr for major events right um which is okay uh, it's maybe something i just need to get used to but uh i just want it to be kind of in the player's hands a bit more i think i've been pretty vocal about this on the podcast uh in the in the past but uh you know still if it makes the pod i mean, <laughs> makes the podcast if it makes the game uh you know more fun to play for everybody then i'm always all for it for sure yeah, yeah i think uh i mean <clears throat> if dynasty had come out on time i don't think they would have done anything really prior to worlds yeah but being that the meta had been kind of stagnant for a couple months it it seemed like you know i mean it's their game they're gonna do what they want uh, and there hasn't been anything too unreasonable. I think, you know, for Blitz, they're just going to do this a lot more because it's, as I said, it's, it's not the, it's not a balanced format. So you have to adjust things constantly and yeah. that's where we're at for there. Yeah. I do agree with your sentiment, Taylor, like a hundred percent, just, you know, yeah echo what colin said is blitz right so then you have like the viscerai format if you're not aggressively banning you know? yeah totally um so it kind of sucks but it's i guess the lesser of two evils kind of right totally but so yeah that's it that's the that's the news for today thank you for joining us on also, to oh sure i'm gonna one i'm gonna one more thing great love nice. it when what we do you got that. Dynasty came out today. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Woo! Woo! Several days ago, depending on when this comes out. <laughs> well, for us, it's today. 
for everyone, it's sometime in the past, but it's I'm excited. How have your polls been? Not not stellar yet, but I've only opened part of one box. So oh, okay, cool. Yeah, you got a lot to go. Uh, my one of my local LGSs who I pre-ordered from forgot, and uh, now it'll be in next week. <laughs> so that's fun fun for me. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> Sucks because it's that. a long weekend here in the states. So uh, perfect weekend to get to open boxes at my leisure. But uh, say la vie, as they say in some other places in the world. Indeed. Andy, sorry, sorry for uh, ruining your transition. <laughs> Proceed. Yeah, in bringing up a sour point in my life. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Colin. Nice. Crushing it. Yeah. This will be my last appearance on the show. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, shout outs. Isaac, you got uh, some shout outs here in the notes. Yeah, I mean, there's like a, a trillion people from Worlds I would love to shout out. But there's too many. The, but I did want to shout out uh, Carol and Kieran from Session Blood who I met both of them separately briefly, but they're both awesome and very approachable and very like nice people and just like great to talk with and great to meet. And their, you know, their podcast was the best and, a, you know, kind of a pillar of an example for the rest of us to follow getting into this game and into content creation. And yeah. I just assume they always knew that, but maybe not. So just, you know, Reminding him the, the legacy. Yeah, I yeah. got to meet Kieran uh, briefly at the Guild Hall house, Guild Hall, uh, on Sunday night for the after party, and uh, a little feeling no pain uh, drunkard Hayden Dale was like, "Bro, you got to give my boy a spoiler," you know, and like made it awkward. And Kieran was like, "Yeah, I'll look into it." I was like. <laughs> Well, thank you, but actually just go watch our Everfest spoiler and it speaks for itself, you know? And he was like, yeah, 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 I'll look at it. I'll, I'll talk to somebody. I was like, ah, man, thanks for your podcast. And then he's just like, okay, Hayden, let's go get another drink. You know, come on, come on, one more. And then that's how that interaction ended. <laughs> nice. <clears throat> <laughs> uh, yeah but so my shout out goes to this rad restaurant by our airbnb five spot drive-in diner they just had like a the the world's best tacos or maybe san jose's best tacos i don't know it was freaking so good we went there twice and colin went there thrice went there three and, times, yeah yeah it was just so good they just like their waiter told us, he's like, yeah, we got this taco guy and he's here these like days or whatever. And it was freaking hella good and affordable, which was super great. So if you're in San Jose ever again, go to the five spot, 10 minute walk from the convention center. Super good. Absolutely. It was great. I went there for lunch when nobody was at our Airbnb yet and then proceeded to have dinner there both nights afterwards. So it was uh, <laughs> Good time. Great micheladas, if you like a, a good... Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. And the margaritas. Yeah. I did not try the margaritas, but the uh, <clears throat> you and the New Zealanders enjoyed them immensely, I, I saw. so Hell, yeah. <laughs> that was great. Yeah. 
great spot, good times. Hell yeah. Do you have any uh, shout outs, Colin? <clears throat> uh, man. I just want to shout out to all the people who I didn't introduce myself to because I was feeling <laughs> awkward. Uh, <clears throat> I wish I had done it, and I'll catch you at the next one. Um, that that and the artist for being really cool and patient with everybody signing everything. I got a bunch of stuff signed and just yeah, know, had a great time. We'll talk about that more. but Totally. Uh, my last shout out off the cuff here is just shout out to the battle bro Airbnb. Just all the bros were super great. And, you know, we all got along and it was just so fun. It was just so great. Like getting to spend some more time with Zane and Colin in person. And it's just so awesome. So thank you all for making that a great experience in the, the crib. It was great. Yeah. Instead Thank you of for booking it, oh, no I had problem. this whole whole plan of like having no beers and going to bed early before the first day of Worlds, you know. <laughs> but then we're in the Battle Bro Airbnb and we're having beers and drafting. Yeah, like what am I supposed to just go to bed? Fuck no. So we did that instead, which was well worth it. I'm not complaining or you know, it totally was, get uh, some uprising really, practice in. Really great experience. So that was that was great. I also think I might have done the thing where I like talked to somebody and then didn't introduce people I was with or whatever. So sorry if I did that to either of you or, you know, I'm just socially unpracticed. <laughs> so I, I think I probably forgot to do that several times, but it's like a lot, a lot of people mingling and going on. Sometimes it's hard to get everything connected, but anyway, it's all good. It's all good, bro. Uh, one final announcement here before we move into the main topic. So I, Taylor Morrow, will be doing a separate podcast on December 21st uh, at 8 p.m. Pacific Daylight Time. I don't know, whatever time zone we're in now. Whatever. West Coast America time. On December 21st, with Mr. Tommy Fresh. It's called Insidious Chill. And it is a one-off or once a year. It's our annual podcast. We're starting for holiday times. We're going to watch a holiday movie. We're going to make a meal that is relevant to the movie. And we're going to bake cookies. And we're going to have... Christmas or holiday cards to send out to all of our Patreons for the Fresh and Buds and the uh, Attack Action Podcast patrons. Um, so it, it's going to be live, and we're just doing it this this one time this year, and then next year you can check out Insidious Chill uh, next year. So uh, we're going to be watching Anna and the Apocalypse. So if you want to follow along at home, apparently that is a holiday movie. But it also has zombies in it. So neither me or Mr. Thomas Fresh have seen it. So that seemed kind of pertinent. So, oh, yeah. And there's going to be like a song or album associated with it. We haven't settled on anything solidly yet for it. But I think we're leaning towards the corn put out a Christmas song once. Um, so <laughs> that might be the jam. 
Also, uh, Mike Popovich, IP5 Cocktails, uh, you got to make us a, a cocktail for this show. So you heard it here first. Nice. So this join us. delightful. Yeah. Right. We're not going to talk fab. We're just talking holiday films, food, music, and booze. Nice. I have I'm not sure how many questions. Is this, you gave a very specific time. Is this a live stream? Are you streaming yes. the two of you on video while you're watching the movie? Oh, that's a great question. No, we will have pre-watched the film and then we will be giving our review and thoughts and opinions on the film. So that will be live the after the film. Correct. Yeah. That would be funny though if we all just sat down and watched a movie together, did a watch party. I feel like that's probably illegal. (laughs) (laughs) No, you don't have the movie on the on the screen. Oh, okay. Yeah. Just your face. As you go. You know, and like zombies at Christmas or something. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Who knew? So so yeah. Any other questions? Nope. I think that's it. Perfect. Thank you all. That's the end of my announcement. On to the main topic. All right. Well, uh, I'm still thinking about zombie Christmas podcast, but um, for, uh, for worlds this year, Flesh and Blood chose San Jose to host it, which was very, uh, you know, fortuitous for the three of us. So that's in our backyard, and we were all able to go and attend. Um, it was a great event. There were like 350-something players in the world's event. There were like 600-something players in the calling that happened the next day. There were over 30 countries represented. Um, there were like all the best players in the world or, you know, no offense if you didn't go almost all the best players in the world, you know, um, almost everybody I played was like somebody famous, which is kind of cool. And, uh, including yourself, you're famous. Yep. (laughs) Not, not washed up at all. Still, still doing it. (laughs) I'm out of PTIs though, but anyway, um, Uh, so just a couple little uh, prefaces for the World CC meta. We saw Fi, Oldham, Briar, and Icelander as the top four most represented decks in that order. Um, and then for Blitz, I'm not sure, but Prism, Icelander, and Oldham were the you know most represented at the top tables um, in the Blitz meta for Worlds. Uh, Prism specifically there to prey on Oldhams and Icelanders. Yeah. And I think there were, uh, oh yeah, go ahead. I think Icelander was like more than 50% of the field in Blitz. I think it made up like a huge chunk of what everybody was playing. Yeah, I believe it. Yeah. And it Prism also was like match up into old him. So yeah, it totally does. There was like, I think maybe a bit more old hymns than expected. Uh, from my end but but yeah Icelander was the deck to beat and Prism was like a really good call <laughs> yeah yeah for sure um, and just last little so there were a ton of uh, side events cosplayers artists available to sign things um, 
you know, James White had his own area where you stood in line and got assigned Matt and got to, you know, talk to him, which big shout out to James White because he does not have to like be there or do that. He could fucking make a dev do that or have nobody (laughs) do it. But he like stands for eight hours a day and signs mats and talks to people for, you know, several minutes a person and does that day in and day out instead of like watching the event or orchestrating things or, you know, so I'm sure he enjoys meeting everybody, but it's also very exhausting. So big shout out to him for just being that kind of person that's like, I mean, that might kind of suck, but no, I'm definitely doing it, you know, and he's done it at the the pro tours and, uh, you know, it's just very endearing to see, see him doing that over there for like hours too, like just hours and hours. Like I think Zane waited in line for like three plus hours and he was like one of the last people to, to get to meet him and get him at like they, he had a, uh, a limited regicide playmat that they're not giving out anywhere else. They said he was signing them. People were getting other stuff signed. He was taking pictures with people. He was chatting with them. It wasn't just like a, you know, meet and greet where you sign and move on. Like he was actually like talking to people, which is really cool. Uh, and as you mm-hmm. said, he's by all means not required to do that or, you know, expected really, but everyone is super stoked and, um, appreciate that i I, re- I regret not getting in that giant line and doing that but i hate lines on the list. yeah it, that was a rough one for sure i did not want to be in that line it is my uh regret though like i had a few opportunities as i just kind of passed by james white when he just kind of wasn't doing anything to just say hello james uh thank you for this wonderful game you know uh and i didn't take it because i was too nervous which I feel like is understandable. Um, but I did not want to wait in that line. So I wish I had just shot my shot earlier in the event. So then, you know, it, w- it would have been over. But I also am hoping that there will be more opportunities, um, you know, for me to get to meet him and work up the courage. But I'm not waiting in line for four hours, even though I love his game. And, you know, he seems like a cool dude, like, not worth it. Well, there'll be a day when we're world champions and chief devs, you know, (laughs) just tell them then in that order. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) The first, the first triple world champions, we all won the same event somehow. (laughs) Yeah. At the same time. (laughs) I, I had a really funny, really awkward interaction with James white where, we're at the dinner beforehand and there's like this giant line to get to pizza and Colin and I are in it, but the back half of the line like leads up to James white. And then there's a big gap before James white, like they're all giving him space. Right. So like, I thought that was people waiting in line to talk to him. Right. And he, he has this moment where he turns around chats with Pablo Pintor or whatever is right next to me. So I was like, Oh cool. And I like hand him a couple of the tokens we made, but I didn't really say anything because I, I didn't want to like grab him and chit chat and like annoy, you know, like there was this huge line behind him and I was like trying to just like, you know, meet him, get some exposure, but like not like rudely step in front of the line. But it turns out that line was just like also for pizza. And uh, I think I was just like 
handed him some stuff and didn't say anything and like turned away, you know? So, uh, you know, it's great first impression. Hopefully we're like really on the map now. <laughs> yeah. It, it was very funny. I think Isaac and I realized when we got to the, uh, players banquet that we were the two least social people <laughs> of, yeah, of our, of our you know, group. <laughs> uh, and it was like, Oh God, we, we got to be the ones who do this. And Isaac, Isaac did great. He, he was introducing himself to people. You know, we talked to uh, Carol, we talked to Matt Rogers, uh, you know, so we got a couple promos out there in some cool people's hands and I was awkward and standing next to Isaac. <laughs> But that was great. We didn't mean to cut that line for sure. But then the people who came in behind us didn't seem to mind either. They were like, oh, you made a promo? I made a promo. And there was this artist. I think her name was Kate. She made these awesome Ash and Ashwing tokens of her own that she had drawn. And we like traded promos in line. And I was like, oh, this is yeah. fun. Like, you know, there's a lot of those moments throughout the weekend that were great. Fun, fun story about her. Wasn't she in line with me and you, Colin? to both uh, Federico Musetti mm-hmm. and Sam Yang, like just right in front of us. Uh, it was I, I wasn't and in this... I in line for Sam Yang, but oh, okay. that's yeah, cool yeah. if your friends are interchangeable, uh, you know, <laughs> just social boosters for you. It's because I'm, we're like the same height. It's just very easy to confuse us. So. Well, your California <laughs> accents are just unintelligible like (laughs) indistinguishable so i like get you mixed up all the time (laughs) yeah she was she was in line with us for federico and he had her sign one of her tokens that she gave to him yeah and then you gave him one of our tokens and he (laughs) had you sign it and i I was was standing there like well i also helped with this but this is weird and i'm just gonna be <laughs> quiet over here which was the mo for me on the weekend is just to be awkwardly quiet next to you guys <laughs> yeah i told him like i didn't do the art you know he was like that didn't matter i was like okay here we go so he was very nice signed it yeah yeah um before i think we get into just like all of the positives, which is there are for me an overwhelming number of them. Uh, I did want to start with a few downers uh, firsties. So uh, like probably every podcast has said, uh, the venue sucked big time. Like we were in this permanent tent that was, uh, like a half dome long ass tent and it just felt uh unfriendly and cavernous and like i had expected like because we had been to the vegas calling right and we were like hmm i remember thinking then like wow first calling in like the west or united states or whatever you know and uh kind of sparse in here in terms of like pomp and circumstance and festive stuff and then it was like worse at worlds. Like there was absolutely nothing on the walls. Uh, you know, everything was cause it was a super long haul. Everything was like super spaced apart. And the bathroom situation was like really unideal. Like there was a, a trailer porta potty and then another like non-permanent structure, like outside, uh, which was okay. Like, you know, it's, it's whatever public restrooms, um, but just like the optics of the whole venue 
and where it was was like uh vastly subpar and i would have expected it to be a much cooler space and have more decorations up and you know for it to be an actual like culminating event and a monumental moment in the game to have the world's uh tournament and for it to not like visually reflect that was uh, a bit of a bummer for me but the silver lining was because of the shape or how the speaker sound system was in there it was like actually easy to hear the judges talking and that was like the first time that has ever happened in a bigger event that i've gone to so that was really great to be able to hear them like round four pairings are up instead of it just being like and you're like i don't know you know that could have been a a warning everybody get down or something you know and we just can't tell (laughs) So that that was kind of the bonus there. Uh, comments about that? Yeah, I think uh, <clears throat> I think you kind of wrapped it up. It looked drab. It felt drab. The lighting was like I didn't notice it Ooh, yeah, inside, but you'd go outside and be like, "Holy crap! It is so dark in there." And you know, you're trying to like look at people's cards, you know, uh, and just be there. And it just like going outside was refreshing because it was like, "Oh, there's." you know, it's bright and like, it's just so dark in there. So it it was just very weird. When we first heard that it was like in a tent, we were like, no, that's, and they're like, there's no bathrooms in there either. We're like, no. And we're just like, oh yeah, okay. There's a porta potty outside and it is in a tent. It looked like a bad circus tent. And it was just, it was like uneven flooring. It was just like hard concrete floor out. Basically felt like we were just kind of outside. It was pretty cold the first day. And, you know, then it would get too warm when there was like over a thousand people in there. It's humid. Yeah. Yeah. Really humid. It was just like classic channel fireball being cheap on their events and just not caring at all. Like, I'll just say that. They don't really care. (laughs) Yeah. This tent's cheaper than the building. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. Oh, this is fine. (laughs) We can save some money. You're like, you charge people like 350 bucks to, you know, get your crappy package that, you know, gets two side events that are you know one what is it it's a single elimination drafts and just it you're like dude i could have just bought my own box and like had more fun uh, <laughs> yeah and which know, we did do which we did do yeah and and that yeah. was fun um but <clears throat> yeah it the venue was just very disappointing I, we heard rumors that some of lss was not stoked on it so i hope either they put a big fire under channel fireballs but or they just find someone else to partner with because they don't seem like a very you know good partner they just don't seem to really care about the game they're just there to make a bunch of money and that's fine it's a big corporation but uh, i think lss has shown that they are that's part of their values so they need to hopefully find a partner that will reflect that as well yeah my to kind of piggyback off of that the side event structure because uh, last time we went to a calling, I just played in the main event the whole time and didn't have time for uh, side events or that wasn't my plan, you know. But the side events, totally lackluster and I don't get the whole ticket system. And I know people are saying like, well, you know, magic back in the day, blah, blah, blah stuff. It's like, no, we it should be better, you know. 
it's like the world. I know it's the world championship about worlds, you know, in that tournament. And I'm sure that was fun and cool to be in, but there's like hundreds of people here, not in worlds also. And like, why is it just, it just was so boring. Like blitz classic constructed one, uh, game elimination draft, you know, like on, they only had one like team sealed event, you know, like let's do more team events or what, you know, it just could have been programmed in a way that it was way more fun and which was fine because we just like made our own fun instead. Uh, but you know, you're there to, to do stuff and uh, you know, I would have liked it if that service was a bit more, uh, or was just actually provided. So, okay. Isaac. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think the single elimination draft, I was like, that's a fucking scam when I first heard about that. And it is, it's ridiculous. It's just so then you have to go fire another draft sooner for another 20 bucks or whatever, instead of being able to play your three rounds. I mean, they could still make plenty of side event money, uh, you know, playing three rounds yeah. instead of one. So, I mean, I don't mind the ticket thing. It's like you get to play in a little tournament and, you know, win or lose and you get tickets for prizes. You know, I get that whole thing, but just the tickets don't go very far. And then the single elimination is just like, to me, the last straw kind of there. Um, I will say like out of the events that I've been to, which I guess is just like Vegas and Orlando and, uh, you know, the so calling also, which was a nicer venue. <laughs> um, Hell yeah. Shout out to Pasadena. Uh, yeah. The, I thought the decor inside the tent was like actually like pretty festive and quite nice. There's like a lot of cosplayers and there were many more booths than like at nationals, for example, or anything. So like all the artist booths and all the like merchants and stuff, I thought that was all like, pretty festive and like pretty cool at least just compared to other things i've seen also in the tent i mean it was clean and it was an adequate space you did have enough room to play and stuff but um you know it wasn't like gross or that weird but um i guess that that's kind of where my clarification stops <laughs> after that you know I, I agree with you guys like the lighting was dim the bathrooms were like as close as bathrooms in another event but the fact that there were not really enough of them or you know just like getting into them was you know a, a little bit rushed or a little weird in between rounds and stuff and it, it's just like yeah if i was lss i would be upset at channel fireball but we do know the other shout out I was going to do uh, was Justin because I saw Justin there a few times and uh, had a great time talking to him. Really nice guy. And he's really on it and very capable um, putting on events. So hopefully future West Coast events will go to Arcane Games and events, not Channel Fireball. And we'll be in an actual room, you know, <laughs> and yeah, like have a have a toilet, you know, and <laughs> things like that some yeah. some lights <laughs> like like uh discs and dice pro quest last march was like way cooler <laughs> than worlds was you know what i mean um but my uh gosh how do i phrase this the 
what made it the world's tournament was the people, right? Like the cosplay was good and that was fun to see them walking around like great job, everybody. I don't know how you pick a winner out of all of those. Um, and then how friendly and nice every person was who I played against and met and stuff like that was what made a dingy <laughs> tent outside feel like fun and exciting to be in for like 10 hours every day or you know or whatever you know so again like big shout out to like the flesh and blood community they you know y'all are doing a great job freaking keep it up you know yeah totally the people are what make this game great and i think we've proven that time and time again at the many events that we've been or not many but you know all the events we've been able to go to it's wild to go here and be like i recognize so many people and i don't know them but i recognize (laughs) them you know i've seen them at other events i recognize them from youtube you know it's just like it was very cool because it it is still a small game it's not the biggest community um and so just being in that space where it seemed like the vast majority of people who've been very involved in in this game over the past couple of years uh was in attendance and that was very yeah. cool and i think we all felt that and you know we we dealt with it it was it was they dropped the ball and i don't i don't think we need to say anything more about them um other than the the whole artist situation where they decided to sell all the artists playmats which actually were supposed to go to the artists so that they could sell and sign them the yeah channel fireball just decided to sell those all directly uh was just another example of them just like <clears throat> not super caring and just trying to get a bunch of money um i think eventually they did get some to the artists but the artist part was cool and i feel like that's a good kind of like transition into like some like, fun yeah. stuff because the artist alley was just a lot of fun I have not been someone who wants to get things signed before. Yeah. And this game, like, you know, it's making me a competitive person who likes to get shit signed. It's just like <laughs> bringing out a lot of stuff for me, which is funny. Um, but I got so much stuff signed. I got a bunch of stuff signed by Federico. I got one of his uh, <clears throat> Marvel uh, artist proofs for Tummy Tie, which is my favorite dragon. Tummy um, Tie which is which was dope and he just signed a bunch of my cards because going through this uh shout out to nate who put together a spreadsheet with all the artists Mm -hmm. and the cards Mm -hmm. they've done um it was just really easy to look through and do that also you know spell void and fabrary have pretty good search engines you can search by artist as well which is really nice so it was just collecting all my cards i was like all right wisnu's gonna be there gonna get i was like fuck it i'm getting my cold foil reinar and my cold foil romping club sign like hell yeah i'm not selling these like these are just gonna be for me and so it was cool to to meet federico wisnu uh livia who did prism and luminaris i got a little sketch done by her which was really cool um like on a little blank equipment card uh about a library print like i just went all out like <laughs> you yeah, did it yeah. was awesome i would every day i just come back to the airbnb and lay out more shit on the counter that i had like bought and, and gotten signed and it was it was a lot of fun so <clears throat> that that part was really great i did miss out on sam yang um and i i'm sad about that just because his signature just looked 
dope on everybody's cards. Yeah. Um, but every I missed like the first window, and then every time after that, his line was just super long. So uh didn't get to do that. But yeah, I, I do think I was kind of hoping there'd be a little bit more vendors, but I guess at that I mean, there's only so many people who can sell like singles, you know, and stuff. It was cool to have Magnolia there selling the metal fab tokens. They had a bunch of custom, you know, stuff there. So all of that was was super, super fun. Yeah. I I had a blast meeting Federico and like uh, you know, bonding over that we're both left-handed and uh, really handsome and good at stuff. You know, that's basically what we talked about. Uh, and I got a bunch of stuff signed by him, like cold foil uh, helm of the sharp eye, which I now have to figure out what deck that goes in and got my invert existences, which were like my favorite art for quite a long time. And Got my promo Ice Eternal signed with my Ice Eternal mat. And so, and then the Sam Yang got some Ice Bolt signed. So the Icelander deck is looking pretty pimp these days. And I'm going to do a video, uh, I think pretty soon, of my like cool Icelander swag I've been collecting since, uh, since I guess Everfest, right? She was in Everfest. Yeah. So since she came out uh, there. So. I'm just, I think the only thing I'm missing is there, there is a rainbow foil adult promo, uh, of Icelander, I think of the new art from uprising and I'm missing the cold foil, uh, road to Nats, uh, Icelander. So if you got one of those, let's do a trade. Hit me up. And those channel lake frigids. Well, yeah, I need the altar <laughs> channel lake frigids, but they're not like, Icelanders cards, you know what I mean? So, it's true. Yeah. They're just the coolest alt art ever made. They totally are, 100%, hands down, <laughs> easy. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, artists, great. Uh, that was super fun. Oh, yeah, Sam Yang, what a sweetie. He just like took his time signing my two cards and, like, you know, was really nice about talking to me and making a moment. So, that was great. I really uh, appreciate that because I didn't want to treat them as like, and Sam Yang's was like free too, which was also cool. And I didn't want to just be like, here, sign this stuff. Thank you. Goodbye. Like I wanted to talk to them and tell them that like, you know, this art you do is art I enjoy, you know, and it's, it's, you know, partly because it's in the game, but also because it's just like hella dope. And I'm not one to buy art, but, uh, I have now kind of a lot of flesh and blood art, which is cool, I think, for me. So, thank you. <laughs> Did we want to go into uh, our playing, or is there any other like memorable things we wanted to uh, to talk about? I mean, there's just like so many stories, right? Like, we wound up having like a really cool like. Um, unplanned thing where we just did a different draft. We drafted a different set of flesh and blood every single night we were at worlds, which was like super fun. And it's now a tradition. And I would like to keep that going. Like the first night we did uprising. Uh, the second night we did Monarch first pulled a valiant dynamo, which was very exciting. 
and then the third night we were there, we did uh, Arcane Rising. So that was really awesome. Did I 3 0 the first two? Did I 3 0 the, the Uprising and the. I definitely did the Monarch draft. I had a pretty good chain deck. I don't remember. I just remember I had four cracked bobbles in my prism deck and I still managed to win a couple uh, couple games there. And it was just like, all, I think at the end of that last one, it was against Mitch or Levi. I, think it was uh, Levi. I forget. Oh my I think God. it was Levi. We look at my deck. It's like, it's literally like four cracked bobbles with like one card left and I managed to win. I was just like, hell yeah. <laughs> yeah. You guys like went to fatigue, like went super long and he had like, he lost cause he didn't have any cards that blocked. And that was like really funny. And then you just like unceremoniously flipped the four cards left in your deck and they were all cracked bobbles. And we just all fell out of our chairs, like laughing. It was just so funny. Yep. Last <laughs> attack in the deck. <laughs> Got him. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect pitch stack. <laughs> yeah, that was fun. That was it was fun. great. All, all I remember, I got like really tilted playing against you on chain, Taylor. Yeah. Because it was just like I could literally not do anything all game as you just did 20 damage turns over and over. And I was like, yep, this is why I hate this hero. And it just brought back so many like, you know, bad memories of like, well, chain gets a 12 card hand. How am I supposed to win this on a different hero? You know, it was just like, totally. I was pretty unhappy about that, but the rest of all those draft experiences were very good. (laughs) (laughs) I I've definitely drafted a better chain deck than that one. It just, it was like missing ways to attack more. You know, I just kind of rolled you a little bit in our game where I happened to get off a turn. I baited you with some arcane damage and then, uh, blasted you with some rip through reality situation so that that was like helpful but uh yeah it was it was great you got total revenge and i went one two in our arcane rising draft as like i also was azalea right next to you upstream and my azalea deck was like just not as good so <laughs> that's true i got first pick every time. yeah totally it was like fine but i okay so also uh in that draft patrick pack one pick one uh <laughs> induction chamber pack three pick one induction chamber and then turn zero against me played his second induction chamber and I just died a very slow, sad death round <laughs> one of that tournament. And it freaking sucked. Awesome for him. I think that was the only game he won, which was also a like slap in my face even more. <laughs> <laughs> I Well, I just like, I knew he had two and I knew what he was trying to do. So I went pretty aggressive on the blind Azalea-ing. I mean, I had more arrows in my deck than non-arrows, right? So it's a pretty good shot. But instead of just threatening something, I would dominate threaten something. And, uh, you know, more turns than not, it worked out. So I killed him before he could kill me Hell with yeah. that flipping pistol. It's <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> like your worst nightmare in uh, Arcane Limited is the induction chamber coming out. Yeah, <laughs> yeah right? And then there's so, two in the same deck. It's such so horse shit. <laughs> that's so wild. So what we did on the on Sunday, none of us played in the battle hard, and we were like 
done with competitive play. Um, we were just like, well, if we can pull all of our tickets and get a box or something like that. And you're like, Oh no, we can, you can use some tickets or whatever and like draft. And then there'll be four of us in that draft. And then we'll all pool our tickets from that and then get a box and get to draft again. So we're just finagling it that way. So we played in a, um, uprising draft later in the day. And then we got a box of arcane and took it to the, the guild house, the tavern afterwards and recruited some, some friendlies and just had a eight, eight person draft in there. That was a blast. I had a pretty killer deck, but I, um, pitch stacked a red headshot to kill my viscerai opponent who was at one. And then at the end of the game, and I had like enough cards in my hand, like totally would have pulled it off, but I was pretty drunk and I like missed my pitch stack. By <laughs> yeah, like, totally. It was like two cards. It wasn't even that close, you know, and was like, what? <laughs> I was also a little too drunk and messed up my salvage shot loop as well to beat my opponent and was like, God damn it. This sucks. Yep. I, uh, <laughs> I missed out on the arcane. I was not I started to not feel great on Sunday, uh, so I stayed home most of the day. Uh, I did show up. I was starting to feel a little bit better. I tested negative for COVID, so that was like first good step, and then showed up to do the uh, on-demand draft, <clears throat> and then uh, we won that box, and then I, I went back home after dinner thinking you guys would be back to draft later, and then I missed the <laughs> Discord message, and I was like, I was pretty bummed, <laughs> but uh, it's totally fine. Uh, I did. I I felt really great about our on-demand uprising draft because I feel like it was one of the first times where I was like, I am drafting my seat. Like, yeah, Hell Icelander yeah. is. Wait, was it Icelander? Yeah, Icelander yeah. is open. I was like, nice. I was like, there's not a lot. Of, I was like counting the cards. I was like, there's not. There's like missing fire cards. There's missing Dromai cards. Here is a blue like ether hail or something. And I was like, great, <clears throat> I'm going to do this. Uh, and I just started drafting like a really good Icelander deck pack one. And then pack two homie next to me is just cutting me off. Cause he's also an Icelander. And I was just like, dude, like I was taking all the blue cards. <laughs> like you should have been a sign that you didn't have what it takes to go into Icelander. Uh, but welcome to know. uprising draft. I know. I know. But you, you know, jokes great, on though. him, pack three, I just cut him off and took all the good cards. So <laughs> I had yeah. a pretty good deck. Ended up losing against uh, this guy from Thailand. I uh, I think he said his name was, he told me his name was like Whisper. Um, you know, that's like probably is either internet name or, you know, English name. Um, but he was so funny. He was playing Fi uh, and he didn't write down our scores, and, but he like knew our scores. He would be like, oh, it's this, right? And I would be like, I would check my notes, be like, yeah. Uh, and then whenever I take damage, he'd go, yeah. Because <laughs> like, he was just like hit me, you know, take damage. Yeah. <laughs> just like, oh man, this is really funny. Um, and then, you know, he 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 smoked me because I took too much damage one turn, and then uh, we played again because the game was so fast. And that one was closer, but he still got me. Um, hmm. But uh, he was just like, "Fi is fun." He just attacks, attack, attacks, and I was like, "Dude, <laughs> I like this guy. He's fun to play with." So <laughs> <clears throat> that was a lot of fun. Then I played Mitch, who you know, because we were or one and out, so we were just like, "Well, let's play." While Isaac and uh, Levi just you know, fucking 
slam this on the on the <laughs> draft pod uh and win the whole thing so we could take all the tickets so that that was a lot of fun i felt good about like i was like i am i'm looking at signals i am trying to send Hell signals yeah. i was like this is this is good and then somebody else just messed it up for me. <laughs> it's just how it goes yeah you yeah. know you should go to our local armory where you're just like okay so no matter what i do doesn't matter <laughs> for 50% of the people here. How do Ours, I navigate this? It's always, I'm always in Blake's pod and Blake is just like, are you really passing me? Like the whole time he's just like <laughs> commentating on what's going on. And there's like another table of like serious, quiet people. And it's like, <laughs> we have a lot of fun drafting, but I feel like I always end up drafting a weird deck because I'm like, what is he talking about? I don't feel like I understand what he's talking about. And it's just like, <clears throat> you know, getting in my own head about it. But I think a lot of it is just like understanding the pack distribution, which is something I haven't paid enough attention to in the past. And then for Monarch, it was like, these packs are weird. Um, oh, it was wild. Like <laughs> They hadn't ironed out the pack distribution yet. Because <laughs> <That's> like, <laughs> it's, it's too weird. It's up and down. It. You're like, oh crap! The hero I thought was open is just cl- is not open. And it's just like because the pack just had no cards for you, so mm-hmm. you it's hard to s- send signals, yeah, or read signals or whatever. Which is yeah. why I, I I pivoted into Leviathan. Then Isaac was like, "What is going on?" And I was like, "Fuck, I don't know." And then I went back <laughs> to Prism and was just like, "I'm sorry." And then I had four pack bubbles, so it was great. Still one. Yeah, you were to my right. And I picked two prism cards and then you hard cut prism. So I was like, all right, prism's not open. And I, I was in Leviathan. then. And then you started picking Leviathan. <laughs> and I was like, come, come on. <laughs> <laughs> so but thankfully funny. you bailed. Cause that, I would have been so screwed. <laughs> my, my anecdote about the arcane rising draft was that I was just so excited that there were generics that I could stay open so long. I was like, Nice. Everybody's going to stay open because we can, right, guys? And then it was like, oh, crap. There are no class cards in these packs anymore. Like, <laughs> pick like pick seven and onward were, like, all generics, basically. And then it was just, like, Azalea Chaff Isaac hasn't picked. And I was like, I don't know. <laughs> Yellow headshot. It's got to be good enough. It's the only class card left in the pack. We're just going to go Azalea. I just had so many... Uh, of the freaking <laughs> generics, you know, vigor yeah, rushes and life for a lifes and stuff. Still good cards, but you yeah. know, I figured it out pretty quick. Cause the guy to my right was Kano. And then after that, it was like Viz Viz or something. But so, you know, Kano was picked pretty quick. I just got handed yeah. like the fire arrows. And after a few picks, it's like, you know, if there was an yeah. Azalea somewhere, this arrow would be gone. So totally it's pretty shout out to uh, Mitch from team fab foundry who three owed that draft pod with his uh, blazing lessons. Kano deck that he drafted. Damn. Only, only Kano at the table. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. What a dream. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was pretty sick. Uh, so Isaac, tell us about Worlds. So neither me or Colin played in Worlds, 
Um, so tell us what the vibe was, how you felt, uh, and like how the preparation went from our like testing group to get you ready for worlds. Sure. Um, yeah, so I, I played Dromai and CC and Icelander and Blitz. Um, I did not practice drafting basically at all, except for the, you know, five times I randomly drafted since the release of Uprising, just because it was like hard to get enough players together at the same time to draft that set and like run, you know, it's just, that's a lot harder to finagle than like a couple games just with two of you. Um, I was pretty confident in my, I'm like pretty naturally good at drafting. Not that I could like, definitely I'm not one of those people that can three Oh every pod. Um, but I'm like pretty good at it. So I was feeling okay there. Uh, for Dromai, I put quite a lot of work into testing. Well, not like three hours a day, like <laughs> some of the testing teams, but just for a regular person, quite a lot of work into getting Dromai good and um, getting in a comfortable place there over the past like two or three months. And I brought a, a Bolander Icelander deck that's like based on the Brendan Patrick Wolfpack deck that's based on Michael Hamilton's deck. Um, that's for Blitz. Pretty, yeah, it's like yeah. pretty good into other decks. Um, I found out it's not it's a not as great in the mirror, unfortunately. Um, but anyway, so I guess you want to just run through the tournament. Is that what yeah, we're doing just, here? Let's do uh so you did uh classic instructed for I mean uh, excuse me draft first how yeah. did that first pod go uh great I was in a pod with Michael Hamilton actually and you who, beat him spoiler won the whole thing no I did not no, I um I played a member of the Polish team round one Michael Hamilton round two and um somebody else round three but I drafted Dromai it was definitely my seat i would guess there were two at the table um so it's a pretty good deck uh taking my only loss to michael hamilton on icelander his deck was uh very good i looked through his graveyard and he has like the red ice binds and then the like you know blue aether hails and you know what i mean like all the yeah. just um really good value cards but kind of the most remarkable thing about that matchup is most most like very talented people i've played you're like hope another one makes a mistake or you know just kind of like trying to optimize your turns and it you know you're on a kind of 11 level playing field until like um like somebody makes a mistake or you draw a very good hand to get the you know the upper hand or you get a bit fortunate with a d reactor like one of those occurrences when at least for me as a regular guy <laughs> when you play against michael hamilton it feels like he just like outplays you by like four percent efficiency every turn cycle and then by the end it's very close but you lose <laughs> was kind of my experience <laughs> so um, afterwards after that game i was like whoa that was weird i just feel like the dumbest person at the table <laughs> so uh well played by him on a very good deck but um i i went two and one that draft and then i went Four and one on Dromai, which was kind of the highlight of my weekend because I had prepared very well for that, for the CC meta. 
it's a pretty unfriendly meta to Dromai because of the prevalence of Phi, the most represented deck at the tournament and like a, a bad matchup. Um, so just like putting in the work and the practice and, um, you know, going four and one at like the highest level event ever uh, was, you know, definitely a good fo- feeling and very rewarding. I played two Icelanders, a dash and two fives losing to a Phi um, to actually Jay from on the bobble. And uh, yeah, ended the day six and two. Hell yeah. Feeling yeah. good. Yeah. Yep. Felt pretty psyched about my Dromai performance and like relaxed too. Cause that was just kind of my goal going into the tournament was to day two. I found out anybody can actually day two. There's no cutoff, but to day two, like competitively. Right. Yeah. Um, and then I guess my other goal that I hadn't vocalized though, was like to do well with Dromai because it's like the thing I had invested in. And, uh, I had like already achieved both those goals. So I was like feeling very, very good, um, about that. And, uh, you know, then we had some beers and drafted Monarch. It was great. <laughs> totally. Me and Colin um, that day, we played in the like CC daily double, I think is what we did, uh, which was eye opening for me. Uh, like my two weeks leading up to Worlds, I was just like a little too busy with work to put in, you know, a f- some work to get a few extra percentage points. And it had felt like the meta had shifted just like a little bit in my deck was like a week behind. And so that was like pretty eye opening. And I played uh, ethnic smoke shout out to him. He was super nice in the Icelander mirror. And I just, I got wrecked and I was like hella nervous. I was like, Oh my God, this guy's (laughs) like so good. We're in the mirror. I've only played this like less than 10 times. He probably has way more stuff. And he was just like, uh, smoked the living shit out of me but he was super respectful and like a really good player and like respected me a lot by like playing optimally every single turn, even though it was clear he was going to win like eight turns before he was going to. Um, So just using me as practice, uh, which was fine. And uh, yeah, you know, so that was like the first thing I, yeah. I went to two, two in that event and was like, oh boy, hopefully we go on a hot streak the yeah. next day. So Colin, what was your daily double experience? I was pretty good. I went, uh, <clears throat> I went two two. I also brought Icelander. Um, in the end, I went with Icelander primarily as an excuse to give out promos since we made frozen. Tokens and- <laughs> yeah. The easiest way to do that is to freeze something and then give them a token, which was a lot of fun. And I did that multiple times in our uh, <clears throat> in the daily double. Um, I think I lost to, I think it was to two fives. I kind of forget. I played like a Fi, <clears throat> Olivia, uh, who was uh, Reina from I think Portland, who was yeah. really awesome yep. and you know delight to play against and meet. Um, so shout out to Reina. Uh, I did get that one. It, it seems a little unfair. You just kind of mess up Levia's hand and then they died a blood debt eventually, even though it, they, they come in pretty strong and it's a little scary the whole time. You're just like, okay, I hope I don't die before I can just let them off themselves. But, um, that was a fun one. 
Uh, and then, yeah, I think overall, I, I agree. I think <clears throat> one, I didn't put tons of time into Icelander cause I was waffling on my deck choice. Um, so I just didn't have the reps. I didn't know what my best lines were and my play patterns, um, into the different matchups. So that was, that was kind of hard. I was kind of learning on the go. Um, but I had a lot of fun and like I said, I got to freeze some stuff, which I think my only regret <clears throat> is that we switched out, uh, some cards to put in the polar blast. And I, I think I should have just kept the encases and freezing points in cause I had more fun freezing things than I did trying to be good <laughs> with the polar blast. So, um, that that's my only regret on, on the weekend as far as the, the playing goes. Nice. Uh, so then day two, which is also day one of the calling. Is that true? Yeah. Yeah. Day two of worlds. Yeah. Um, also I, I did end up playing Yuki and Scott howling minds in addition to Jay and Michael Hamilton. Um, and everybody else I played that day, day one. So that was pretty fun. Just like the quality of play from everyone and the kind of, uh, being a little starstruck the whole time. <laughs> it's like a pretty cool experience. You're famous um, too. Yeah. And I told him, I told him that when I sat down. Hi, I'm Isaac and I'm famous too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you played Yuki last round. Well, I'm also very famous. Hi. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> totally. I'll sign this for you. You know, yeah. I'll sign your play mat. And then totally. just I sign brought it. a Sharpie and I, yeah, I just signed <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, just signed it. You're welcome. Let's You're get welcome. going here. Love Isaac. <laughs> Tech Action Podcast. Yeah, it went over great. We're going to be so famous now. <laughs> okay. <laughs> anyway, um, so day two was back to Uprising Draft, three rounds. And I had a bit of, I've done a lot of thinking about this draft, actually. I had a pretty bad experience. Um, I was on a corner seat and drafted Dromai again, which I swear I'm not trying to force Dromai. It's just like was open and is usually open, it seems like. Um, That's but, what Michael Fang so, said, but he just always drafts Fi also. <laughs> Um, but I'm in the corner seat and then the next end of Dromai ends up being the opposite corner seat to me. Right. And I don't think that they, it, it was Tyler Horsepool. I don't think that he took a couple of Dromai cards early either. So I, you know, I took one or two generics, but I picked Dromai cards as they came and they kept coming, um, thinking that it was wide open. Right. And, uh, you know, by late, pack one i thought about this and i'm not sure by late pack one it was obvious that there was at least one other dromai right but still some dromai cards in there and by that time it's kind of too late to pivot to like you know icelander or maybe not Phi, but Phi was definitely not open um <laughs> at that point i could have pivoted to icelander but i don't know if people like cherry picked some of her cards earlier or what but it wasn't like it wasn't wide open early like dromai was so i got in drum that lane picked dromai cards and then by the end of pack one it was like a bit less so but it's kind of too late you know and uh um, yeah anyway but i'm still feeling pretty good i got a bunch of great cards no problem 
pack two comes around and it turns out the guy two seats to my left was in dromai so all of a sudden after pack one after i thought drafting my seat and um you know reading things correctly pack two comes around and then there's two dromas at the table two to my left and whatever five to my left so i get cut hard and i'm like fuck <laughs> you know <laughs> it's like a really bad feeling because it's too late to do anything about it but um you know i can very much see what's happening so that was like a pretty shitty experience and i am like wondering if i could have really late hard pivoted to icelander without really having any blues yet but and then been like one of two icelanders at the table um but i think somebody pivoted out anyway it was just like a weird situation and it's just like that's what made it so bad was that feeling of like this is my seat i drafted it well and then come pack two you're just like hard cut and feel like maybe it wasn't the most optimal decision but you feel like you played it really well and then just getting like hard cut out and it's too late um so yeah, yeah. anyway that's why i felt it, like it was a, it was a pre, it was like a really bad draft experience and i've tried to like still sing the praises of the nuances of uprising and like mm -hmm. the positives as well as the negatives but in that moment i was like yep this is why people don't like this set you know yes yeah, because you <laughs> can't give it yeah just to yeah. like push all blame away from my drafting but <laughs> you know <laughs> well also too like like we found out in one of those road to nats uh, that the quality of cards in the packs like matters so much you yep. know what i mean so like if your all your icelander cards are yellow that does absolutely nothing for you those might as well just be like you know i mean they're better than cracked bobbles because they like block and could do something but mm -hmm. they also just might as well be cracked bobbles you know what i mean so like if the box has a distribution skewed towards like the wrong cards in blue, then it definitely can see, you can see how Icelander can be like harder to read that it's open, you know? Definitely. You can use those cards to count the number of class cards left in the pack. Yeah. But you can only pick them hoping for good cards to come around later. Right. And like I said, early, there were a couple Icelander cards missing also, because yeah. if, if the Icelander player is like, what, five away from me, you know, then those early packs, I think a couple cards got picked. And then by the time his signals come around, I know that there's, a you know, at least one out there and, yeah. and then it's a little <laughs> bit late is, yeah, it was just like a perfect yep. storm of, um, but that means, I mean, that's a bunch of excuses, but that being said, there's plenty of really good players who like three owed a bunch of pods and stuff. Like if I had, I think been a little bit sharper, um, I could have like maybe made a better decision in that pot or taken a better line or something, but, yeah. um, it is what it is. And I did what I did. I, I ended up going one and two in that pod. Um, I, I had to go first against both the fives I played and I did get one down to one life. Um, it was actually a pretty close game, but um, yeah. Anyway, one and two in my second pod, not great because I had no confidence in uh, blitz, but I was thinking, <laughs> you know, doing well in constructed and then doing well in 
uh, draft would put me in a pretty good position to like, you know, whatever, top 64 or something. Yeah. But, Did they pair you based on ratings, not on your draft seat? Yes. Which a whole bunch of people were like judge and running up to the table and stuff because yeah. you got, yeah, paired based on your your draft table was based on your ratings. So you all had the same, like we were a six and two table, but you didn't play the corners or whatever. Right which was really weird. It's super (laughs) weird. And I, I wonder if there's like, I would like to know the reasoning behind that versus the other way of where you should play the person farthest away from you. Um, It it might just like mess up gem. You know what I mean? Cause throughout the whole, throughout all of every tournament you play based on your rankings and then it's weighted evenly. Yeah. But if you're paired differently, it might not, I don't know. Well, we have to solve that because that's like really weird then. <laughs> yeah, it, it was you know? weird <laughs> to have that yeah. experience. Um, and then, yeah. and then a, oh, or go yeah. ahead, Colin. Excuse I was going to say, I heard Zach Bunn talking about that too. And he, he, I don't think he had, I don't know if he knew that that's how they were pairing him, but he was like, yeah, I thought I'd be paired against this person. And then I wasn't. And like, I think it's really <clears throat> strange because it seems like, draft is designed to be played that way so then having you know this other system kind of override that undermines how draft works because you end up in like weird match it's like if everyone drafts correctly it's like you're i think you like end up in mirrors basically or you know it's like you get in like weird spots where it's like well i drafted this deck that would be good against people who drafted their seats and now I'm just playing some rando because our, you know, scores are the same. And yeah, just like not you telling can play people the person that that... you're cutting, you know, or whatever. Yeah. yeah. So it can influence and, how you pick cards. Yeah. Yeah. And not telling people, I think, is the key thing. It's like if they should have been like, okay, you'll be playing, you know, you know, this is how it's going to be. So, and that I think that could influence your draft, which is which is weird and adds like a meta level to things that is not related to like the game, which is weird. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah. And I have um, no idea how to solve that, but if somebody explained to me why it is that way, maybe then I will be more forgiving. I don't know. Anyway, yeah, let's talk so about blitz, Isaac. It is a weird situation. <laughs> Yeah, just so just to wrap up my day, I played five rounds on Icelander. Um, shout out to Nate and Jesse who did play some Blitz with me. Um, I was very grateful to have those reps for sure. That was very helpful. Um, I just didn't get to play enough to like, like really work on a deck or try to like you know break the meta or like build this strong character or attack whatever. You know, I was just like played enough to be comfortable in the format on my hero. Um, but I ended up going two and three. Uh, I beat an old him and a Kasai and I lost the Icelander mirror every time, <laughs> which kind of sucks. But I just like, uh, I didn't have that many Icelander mirror reps and my deck had less, like their decks had more arcane spells and were better in the mirror for this reason. Um, and I think my opponents had practiced the mirror more often. So I was just like, out prepared and outplayed um in blitz but that's fine like i you know i 
got out of it what I put into it, you know? Um, when I was there, I was like, cause leading up to it, I was like, well, if I like day two and I'm playing in blitz, like I'll have already achieved my goal. It'll be fine. I like didn't have time to test blitz a ton and everything. But then when I was there, I was like, well, shit, I should have tested blitz more. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But, but you know, you, like I said, you get in what you, or you get out of it, what you put in and that's, you know, exactly how it went. Uh, I had a pretty disappointing day two, but I had a, you know, um, I'm like happy with my result overall. I, I finished 90th. Uh, Top 100, baby. But yeah, it's out of 350 of the the best players in the world. So being uh, top 100 and doing well with my character I love is, you know, just just great. And that was it. So do you feel feel like the the testing structure we tried out for this particular event was helpful? Like more so that if we had done it in a different way, like we had in the past or something like that, or. Yeah. I thought, I thought it was really helpful because I got to get, you know, kind of rando reps on Talishar if I could, you know, whenever I could find the time. And then every week I was guaranteed like two or three of a matchup that I wanted to work on, you know, oftentimes in a row. So that was like, I mean, Talishar is fine for getting used to like your deck and your play patterns, but then you're like, no, I need to play against Phi three times in a row just to see how it feels. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that, that was really helpful. Um, the only, it's like the more testing hours you could put in the better, but we didn't all have that much time. Like myself included sometimes um, didn't have that much time. So uh, yeah, it was, it was actually a really good structure um, for our, for our competitive commitment. So thanks everyone. The Talishar 10 <laughs> top 100 at worlds. Woo. Nice. Woo. Well, we're, we're super proud of you, Isaac. Uh, it's awesome that you did as well as you did. And, uh, yeah, I, you, thanks. you're, you're like my hero. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Thanks Colin. Cause you could yeah, just go in there and do these things. I would, I don't think I'd be able to hang whatsoever. <laughs> and then you keep a good mentality about the whole thing, which is also very hard to do. So, um, you know. Thank honestly, you. I, I, I will admit that, you know, like after date, like it's like you, you note your goals and you set out and then you do them. And then instantly after day two, I was like, like kind of let down or kind of disappointed yeah. not by the overall thing but that just because day two was like a pretty failed day in general of performance that like all of that across the whole day and then looking at the thing you're like man i wish i would have done you know but um totally that's kind of a in the moment uh feeling but thanks colin well, thank you next man. time we'll make sure you go to bed earlier i'm sorry we, we kept you up <laughs> no way i am unwilling to give that shit up that was the best part you know I go to bed. It was the best part, <laughs> I thought. Yeah. Although I did uh, make a misplay against Michael Hamilton, where I could have lived through the last turn. Um, and he probably would have killed me later on for sure. You know, like he was still in a good spot. But I was like, hmm, maybe five hours of sleep and a few beers was not conducive to that <laughs> you know, decision. Totally. But again, he probably would have taken that game down the line anyway. Um, but anyway, yes. uh, let's hear about the calling. So uh, the calling 
was was okay. So I'll just talk about myself personally, and then uh, Colin, you can you can blast off there. Uh, so I went four four day one, so it was eight rounds, which was pretty brutal, and I did uh, quite a few things uncharacteristic for this tournament. Um, but mainly that was because going into it, I didn't really set any competitive goals. It was mostly just social goals. Like I just wanted to have like a great weekend and get to finally meet some people that I only talk to on the internet, which I did do. And so I won in that respect. But then afterwards, when I went four, four, I was like, ah, Okay, I should have actually uh, focused a bit more on the gameplay of the game because this is affecting my mental space a bit more than I kind of really wanted it to. And so that was like kind of my big takeaway is that I I probably could have gotten the practice in in the last two weeks despite being really busy and just my quality of life for two weeks would have kind of sucked for a second and that i don't know feels maybe like for me afterwards like a little bit more worth it if i just go like six two or something like that because there were definitely two of those games i felt i really could have won uh if i just had uh, a few more like testing sessions and had really understood the meta like i had i played zane my last week on like the last weekend because that's just when we had time and he just showed up with huge shout out to zane goes oh three in his draft pod and then goes five oh in cc day one (laughs) so sick so baller totally uh and i was talking to him about his deck he just brought like pummel aggressive old him and i was like so why this deck he's like well, it's basically just aggro Bravo with Ice React. And I was like, oh, right, that makes sense, <laughs> which is Zane's favorite deck. Every meta, like I guarantee talking to him next week, he's going to be like, aggro Bravo could be pretty good now. You know, he says that <laughs> at the beginning of every meta. So then he's just playing aggro Oldham, which is what the Oldhams wound up doing. Just like lots of dominate, lots of pummels. And I kind of was like caught off guard because I hadn't had the time to test into that. And so I did lost lose a game i felt like i should have won against an old him but i just was like a little bit unpracticed and wish i had still kept my oasis respites in there so i could at least like save five extra health uh if i get to play an oasis respite and that would have made the game like last long enough for me to like combo them out which would have been better but um and then i but the other loss i felt like i could have won was against a briar with no ab and i kind of just was like a little tilted by not seeing like the right cards and you know feeling like he was at a point in the tournament where i was like i need to win this game to stay alive for day two and i just like kind of snowballed into just like playing poorly and that kind of continued for all of my losses and until the final round. Um, And so I just didn't feel like loose and having fun. Like all of my casual games for the day or like uh big shout out to fab maniac and Manny 
who's like a OG content creator from from back in the day from New Zealand. We played a game and he just like rolled me with Phi, which sucked. But then we just played it back and I got to be like looser and like having more fun. And then I just was like destroying him. And if I could have just like felt like that the whole tournament, I would have like, uh, I think, performed a little bit better, even though I was like a little bit behind on the tech side of things. It's a little tough, too, because we go very much in and out of like competitive seasons. So just not having the the like practice of playing at a big tournament recently you like go into one of these and i mean this is like a stiff calling because all the world's players that dropped are in it and everybody under the sun's in it like 650 players so going into a a pretty stiff tournament um be it worlds or the calling is like you can get a bit shell-shocked you know just like totally you gotta play really tight and really well and everybody's going to (laughs) you know and I did not approach this tournament like I have others in the past, like making sure my nutrition's on point, going to bed at the right time, you know, et cetera. And all of those like little things, even if they are like a couple percentage points, like do wind up adding up. Like I was on the weirdest sleep schedule, like sleeping five hours, uh, a cup of coffee and an oatmeal in the morning, and then just no food until dinner, you know, which like was fine because it was like, there was just too much stimulus in the room and too many people to talk to and bathroom breaks and games to play that I just like never thought about food and never really got hungry until like things started to wind down and I'd be like, Whoa, dinner. I need it now. You know? So like <laughs> my which old was kind of sick. Dinner. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of a wild, just like eating basically no food for the whole day. And then just like, I need 2000 calories now for dinner. <laughs> you know, it's, it's yeah. kind of how I lived. You know, go ahead, Colin. I would say it didn't help that the, <clears throat> we were kind of in like a food desert of like this weird area of San Jose. Like there was not a market mm-hmm. nearby. Like I think we were all planning to like get food from a market that we could have at the house so we could make breakfast and like, you know, have snacks. And it was just like, there was nothing close and our timing just didn't work out. So that made it a little rough. And then the food at the venue was like, didn't look great. Um, so that, that's always hard. Um, I think I definitely was dehydrated the, on Friday. Um, so I tried to drink more water for <clears throat> the calling. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I think, my calling was fine. I went three, four, and one. Um, unfortunately, had a draw there, but I'll take it as like almost basically an even record. Um, like I said, we took out some cards and put in Polar Blast. I I think that's the only thing I would have not done, just mostly so I could freeze more things. Um, and that's that was fun, so I could be like, "Here's your promo," like which I still did a couple times, but um, <clears throat> you know, and I was giving them out, which was also fun. Uh, started off against a Dromai, just like not like that in five. was just like not what I wanted to see round one. And that's what I got. Uh, and then I got a lot of fives throughout the day. Um, and then somebody like didn't drop. Like I, they were doing something weird where they were auto accepting results. So you couldn't say you wanted to drop or people just weren't dropping. Um, and so I got a no show, which it's like if you're going to drop, go drop before the round's done. Like people who want to play, want to play. Like, and if you take that from them, that's like a whole hour that I'm just hanging out. 
like bored and not <laughs> able to do much because I yeah. have to be around. So, yeah, uh, you know, I agree. If you in a tournament, if you're going to drop, just walk by the table and tell them you're dropping. It's really easy. And like Collins said, it'll save somebody because then there'll only be maybe one buy around instead of like a bunch of buys. Um, yeah, there's yeah. a bunch it's like of really considerate and takes no yeah. effort. So, yeah, anyway, there, keep going, there, Colin. There were several people around me who had no shows. So it's like we would have had games to play. Um, so I was slumming it at the bottom tables, which didn't feel great. But like I said, my goal was to have fun and I was having fun. I uh, got paired against Levi, our friend Levi in the house with us round four. Unfortunately, <laughs> um, he was on dash and 650 people and you yeah. play someone <laughs> you're staying with. Well, so yeah. crazy. When you're all at the bottom tables, your chances get better. I think uh, <laughs> I've run it into each other, but um, I didn't, I thought you know, he was on dash and I thought he would be going more aggressive um, and realize like, most of the way like you know good way into the game that he was being very you know he was just going to be defensive and he was going to block a bunch of arcane barrier um so i pivoted to do you know the the frost hex combo on him um and i think it just took too long and the uh end of the round was coming up of course we get like a crowd of people standing around us which makes things feel awkward and then uh we're trying to play faster and then a judge sits down and then time is called and i should have just taken a bit more time at that moment to think about what was going on um and done the math i thought i had him i had ice eternal um i had the frost hexes out i had you know i don't think i had multiple insidious chills but it's like i i had enough to like go for something um which i did but it didn't kill him and then i was out of cards so on my turn all i had was a leftover ice eternal in hand which like if we had gone one more turn i think i would have been able to kill him off the combo again um but being that i went for it and that he blocked it all uh we were in the draw territory and i i should have just uh, I think if he had boosted on his attack, he could have break, broken his boots and maybe gone for the kill, but I think I could have blocked it too. So it was just yeah. a little unfortunate to get that draw against the homie. Um, I think it took us both out of contention for going into day two. But um, yeah, that we both kind of talked about it was just like, I should have conceded. I should have conceded. It was just, yeah. like, it was you guys were also in a weird place. Like you couldn't see the clock from those seats. Yeah, of you course. Channel I mean? fireball doesn't put up two clocks that you can see from the both sides of the massive tournament you're in. They uh, also get one clock. Yeah. Which is low. So, so like after 30 minutes, everybody's standing up and milling around and you can't see the clock anyway, cause they're standing in front of it. And they didn't like announce the time, like, intervals you know like 30 minutes left in the round 15 minutes left you know to help with that which sucked yeah so that that was a bummer um and then uh just had some like not exciting games i played kind of a newer player (coughs) excuse me who uh i almost called a judge for slow play like multiple times but every time I was about to do it. He'd be like, okay, I'll take seven. And you're just like, all right, well, this game's going to end and I'm going to win because he just (laughs) keeps taking 
like full fine elves fighting spirits to the face um and he like didn't really know what was going on um and i was i wasn't trying to be mean or anything it was just like i didn't need another draw especially against like a, a newer player so um you know ended up getting that one uh and then my last game against the guy jonathan who is from the la area i think riverside um so he's from the top deck keep crew uh where tyler horsepool and uh the now more famous chris ioli who got second place hell yeah um, uh, are from and uh so that was fun we had an icelander mirror and that one was wild i hadn't played a lot of those but it was a lot of like us attacking each other and not slinging spells because we don't want to charge the alluvian constellus and uh it was just it was a lot of fun and uh he i went for it and then he went for it and he got me so it was it was a good game i i had fun and i was glad that that was the the final game of the day for me but yeah overall i think i had i hit my goal of just having a good time so um i do have weirdly a like re-energized like outlook like i want to play more i want to get more reps in yeah um and uh you know i'm definitely excited about uh mr arachne the assassin hero now so i'm already just like getting games in more than i did a bunch before worlds which is funny that like i waited till after the huge event to be like all right let's put in some time and do this (laughs) that's kind of like what a new set does right is like hits you with that like influx of like new stuff to explore so you know makes sense and like playing at worlds just like I thought I was going to be burnt out, but it just like galvanized me. Like, yeah, uh, I was really burnt out on competitive play. I didn't want any more of that. Fuck playing in the battle hard. (laughs) But (laughs) yeah, after like day two (laughs) of worlds, all I wanted to do was just go have a beer and tacos with you guys and draft a set, you know, just relax and have fun. Um, So that was actually a pretty cool feeling and realization that I was like, I love this game so much. Like, you know, yeah, I, I don't want to totally. play in a tournament at the moment, but it's just like, yeah, not, not burnt out on the whole thing at all. So yeah, maybe just nice. competitive yeah. events for sure. I would like to note, uh, on my day also, I forgot I won every dice roll, all eight rounds nice. smoked to <laughs> the dice roll. And I was living like Colin because I froze every single arsenal, I played with cold snap and that was my moment to give out the frozen token every single game, which was sick. (laughs) That's cool. So I just had to like weirdly give my opponent a token. I, cause I can't freeze anything is true. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah totally. <laughs> and then I couldn't like, I think I gave one person it after we played, but I beat him. So they're like kind of dejected. Right. Yeah. And then I was like, wait, I should give it out first. But then yeah. it's just like a cold open of like, here you go. <laughs> you know. Listen to my podcast. I will yeah. be top 100 in this event. I have I'm also relevant. Famous. Yeah, I'm also <laughs> famous. Also have this Sharpie to sign your mat. <laughs> Love Isaac. All right. I think, uh, should we get into these listener questions? We've been, we've been chatting for a while. We got quite a few, so. Yeah, definitely. Is there anything else you guys wanted to say before we move into them? Like any takeaways or anything? Uh, that 
I should know myself better <laughs> going into a competitive event. You know what I mean? That's yeah, what I should I know. Mean, that's what uh, we should all do better. Always. <laughs> yeah, totally. That was my takeaway. I, I'll save my last kind of two memorable stories uh, for the end at the end after questions, I think. Cool. Yeah, I think for me, biggest takeaway was the mental shifts I've been trying to do are working, which is great. Awesome. And uh, I am feeling better about just playing in general. Um, I think uh, I the only thing I was disappointed in uh, was not introducing myself to more people. Um, I was feeling a bit shy and then I started feeling a bit under the weather. So I just kind of like lost my, my moment there, but you know, uh, I'm sure there'll be chances in the future to see uh, some of these folks from around the world, but um, yeah, it, it was just a great weekend. So Isaac, anything nice. from your end? No, that's like the biggest win though. I'm gr- I'm glad you're uh, having fun. Enjoying Hell yeah. it. Me too. Hell yeah. I'll do it. I'm going to jump into these listeners questions. You do it. You do it good. <clears throat> All right, from a big papa Mike Popovich, uh, (laughs) have you noticed an evolution in the fab community since Vegas a year ago? If so, what has changed? Uh, Uh, Go ahead, Isaac. So this, this isn't the most positive note, but I did know because we're at the biggest stage playing for like big accolades and money. There was a, like a bit of sharking or weirdness. You know what I mean? In that, sense just because you're on that stage with all of those players i i'm kind of as i say this regretting saying it because like the vast like all of my opponents and the vast majority of opponents in games were like very very great um you just like go from starting out in the game and it's like what a great community and everything's great and then you do see a little bit of that like uh competitive like toxicity seep in but it you know wasn't was hardly present at all um but that's just kind of a little bit of a like a byproduct of the game just getting huge and very competitive um i guess remarkably everybody is really wonderful when you play them even at that level like beating people you know last round day one and they're just like super nice and you're just having a chat you know it was really really great so anyway what about you guys for me, I have noticed that the community is way more connected now, like because we have a presence, a bigger presence on Twitter. There's been like a whole year of major events and like uh, just people have fab friends now that you get to see at these things and people are really supportive and, and we're starting to get more and more personalities in the game, like outside of just like the commentators and the players like uh i got to kind of awkwardly congratulate little uzi squirt on her uh cosplay victory two-time champ uh (laughs) you know 
and and getting to meet Mara and stuff, who is a, a a wonderful person and and was a joy to talk to and hang out with and stuff. So, um, and then they all seem to have like their own crews and stuff. So it just was like, I think that's like the biggest thing in the community is that we're becoming like more connected and uh, you know friends and stuff, which is awesome. Cause like also for us, Isaac, like, cause we're in this geographical hinterland between Portland and the <laughs> Bay area. We like yeah. know the whole Portland crew or the majority of them and the NorCal crew. So it's like, you know, there's a lot of people there. We just know. <laughs> so that's, that's how I would answer that. What about you, Colin? You know, I, I don't know if it's been like an evolution or just like uh, continued growth in in those those kinds of directions. Um, yeah. in like both of what you guys said, I think I <clears throat> I didn't experience a lot of like toxicity except in the daily double. I played against a Briar who just like huffed and puffed the entire time he missed his sonata like he was just like god oh this dick oh blah blah just the entire time and then he beat me and it's just like dude you made this game so bad and unenjoyable like i'm sorry that your random shit didn't pop off the way you wanted for your like high rolly deck but like that's the only downside of your deck like (laughs) like (laughs) give it a break like i was just like so annoyed like he took that like good time away from me and made it so bad and like probably pushed me to the point of like not playing as well because i wasn't enjoying it and like losing um so there there is some of that i also heard some rumors of people like not enjoying how some of the world's contestants were kind of uh acting during the tournament um there was a bit of vagueness related to that but like you know, I, I could see it. Like there is so much money on the line. Like it's going to get a little competitive and, and weird. But, um, for my part, I thought it was all pretty great. And like you said, you see, and we talked about it before, it's like these people I recognize and, um, I see at these different events and I've seen their names online and, you know, being able to chat with them, it, it was all just been pretty great. And, in that regard i do hope you know the i just hope it keeps growing and we can maintain uh that level of connectedness and supportiveness um because i think that really stands out for our our community hell yeah this is a great summation next question i got it (laughs) i'll do this one (laughs) Um, if you had to pick one thing as a single favorite experience at the event, what would it be? This is from Jesse. Uh, okay. I'll go first and then Colin, I'll pass it back over to you. And then Isaac, you can send it home, baby. Uh, I think for me, uh, so if nobody follows Paranine on, uh, the YouTubes, they have a podcast, Dell and Vera, um, they had put together, I saw on their Twitter, a UPF deck with, uh, York in it and the like, uh, welcome to Wraith heroes with all f- first edition, 
uh, commons and rares. And they were having people sign all of the cards. So like the whole deck would be eventually signed. And then we actually got to play it at the guild house on Sunday night. Uh, the, you know, five of us sat down and played it. And that was the most fun, most memorable thing. Cause it was just so chaos. It was just straight chaos. And it was just so funny. And like, you can reprise your Anothos and, and stupid shit like that, you know, and you can play double blood rush bellows into a Dawn blade swing, but it doesn't pump Dawn blade. It just intimidated two cards and, and, and that's it, you know? So it was just like wild and, and was really fun. Um, and I think we just all laughed and had a great time. And I think that was kind of a singular experience for me. And I didn't really know, uh, the Paranine crew very much just on Twitter. And so I feel like we're friends now. Nice. Yeah. Colin. Uh, it's going to be night number two, I guess Friday night at the five spot with the homies eating tacos, drinking micheladas and yeah. just feeling great. You know, Isaac did great saying, had struggled a little more in the world, but you know, did great in his CC side of it. <clears throat> so we just like, just there being with my friends yeah. and having a great time um, was really great. I w- I would have said when Hayden Dale and the the New Zealand crew joined us the next night, but there was kind of a weird awkward divide in the middle of like our crew and theirs, and it was hard to hear everybody. Um, so that one was a bit more awkward, and I was starting to not feel great. So it was also like. Uh, a little, little <laughs> weirdness there, but they seem like great guys. I had fun being totally. around them, but I didn't get to interact with them as much. And they like, God, they just talk about fab. Like they don't stop. <laughs> yeah. It was so fun. It was like Hayden and Jason long and, uh, uh, Gabe. And I feel like I'm missing some people. Oh yeah. New Zealand, Isaac, New Zealand, Isaac is freaking hilarious. I was like, peeing my pants he was so funny the whole night had such a great yeah. time yeah Couldn't it was... hear them their accents were too strong for <laughs> the distance for me to really understand what they were saying uh, but i did get to meet prism mike uh who used to be on the wolf pack i think and uh didn't realize it was prism mike at the time but uh he was very nice we're talking about kano a bunch so that was fun hell but yeah our, our night was the better night though that's what i'm trying to say hell yeah <laughs> Nice. <laughs> Isaac. Um Yeah, I don't know. I mean that last night of like I didn't play in UPF, but watching it or drafting was really fun. Um it's hard to pick a, a favorite you were, moment in the tournament. You were an integral part of that whole night though, because you just subbed in for everybody while they went go pee or get more drinks or whatever. I did. And had to make some tough decisions. <laughs> um <laughs> I, this isn't my, it's hard to know a favorite, um, beating a Fi in world CC with Dromai was pretty great just because of my proficiency on the deck and they didn't super high roll me, (laughs) you know? Um, so having that work kind of pay off there and squeaking that one out was pretty rewarding. But, um, I had a moment playing against Yuki that was like really, really, uh, heartening because we were just talking about like sharking and like the competitive nature of the game. And, um, uh, now asked about this, that, but playing against Yuki, I, 
um i attacked hit her with an arcane damage um and she like tried to block it and i was like oh wait you don't have any arcane barrier and this had happened probably for a couple turns she had blocked arcane while not having arcane barrier um you know and this was going to bring her down to two and you know we were like oh i don't know what to do or like you know um i think a judge came over but she's like i'll just take one from last turn you know um just to like because i blocked it last turn we don't know how many turns it was take one from last turn and uh you know and i was like yeah sure that's fine but then i was like well shit all right so i have another burn them all in my hand so if next turn i can play it and then attack with one dragon through her taxes i can win the game right because she'll be at two so i'm like shit okay hold on is this really you really think that's fair you want to take one because i have another burn them all in my hand so i'm not trying to like uh like shark you or like be like this should be your punishment for missing the triggers like get within range so i can lethal you you know so i showed her that and she was like no yeah that's fine that's totally fair and like stuck with her guns you know stuck with her decision and um went there and i ended up being able to pay through and and kill her with that but that's like a really uh i don't know clear situation where you could be you know you could like argue that they're all missed triggers or like you shouldn't take any damage or you know change your mind because you're going to be presented with lethal or like any of these things right um and so it was like i mean yuku's just like a wonderful competitor and a wonderful person she's like definitely a very honorable player but um just that interaction at that like the highest level level when all those games matter and just having like honorable play win out of course you know um was like a, a very nice interaction to have i hope i explained that well enough but i believe you did okay yep. <clears throat> yeah all right uh a little sub question when's the next attack action podcast in person get together going to be who knows is the short answer <laughs> we yeah, don't know yep well we'll see what next year looks like but it won't be the last time so we'll hopefully get to see uh all of y'all again um all right taylor you want to take the next one? Oh yeah so thor mike asks did hayden deliver the group hug i don't think so because we saw um, him separately initially yeah. but zane and i sandwiched taylor one time that was great I also, at the end of Sunday, hugged both Brendan and Hayden at the same time before I left. So kind of a group hug there. Uh, Not going to lie, both of them copped a little bit of a feel. You know, Brendan got a little... Got a little bit of my junk in the trunk. Hayden got some of these these upstairs uh, man memories. I don't know. (laughs) Are those the grossest terms you can think of? Maybe not. Uh, and uh, it was great. Wouldn't complain. You know, I almost got a fist bump from Hayden, but Taylor <laughs> took it from me. <laughs> I feel so bad about this interaction. So I'm sorry. I'm, I'm not going to let it die. I was socially just blacking out, you know, I didn't even know it was happening. Just stealing every high five I can get. Yeah. It's the margaritas. I don't know. There's a high five. It must be for me. (laughs) So next time Hayden, we'll get a real fist bump, but no, Um, it was lovely to meet him in uh, person. So, uh, a different Hayden, 
asks, um, also from Australia though. Yeah. How far might we go for the next one? Meaning, uh, worlds, I assume. And also how did the frozen tokens go? Did we run out? I don't know how, sorry, if I'm stealing the order of this, I'm just going, we're just going for it. Uh, I'm unsure how far we would go for the next one. The farthest I would go would be New Zealand if there was like a dope event. I would do it. I would go to New Zealand for that. Um, and then the Frozen Tokens went, they did great. Everybody was like, wow, so cool. And uh, we did not run out. So we have more. Patreons, you're, they're coming. Yeah. So don't you, we'll don't you worry. Out. Yeah. I agree. I think New Zealand would be dope. I would, I would go. I don't know. We'll have to see where the next one is. I don't know if I can like swing a huge trip for Fab every year, but you know, every couple years. And if I could tack on, like, I feel like if we go to New Zealand, we could probably go to the Philippines and see like Jess's family. So like, you know, it's like if we're over there, we might as well be over there. um, Yeah, and do some stuff. And I've never been to New Zealand, so that would be sick. Yeah, I know my wife really wants to go to New Zealand because of the dope uh, fungi that's over there. Mushrooms over there, baby. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, I would also... New Zealand's a really cool country to visit in general, which would be really appealing, but I don't think it'll be there next time. Um, My answer is, well, I would have to qualify, right? Which means I need to finagle a PTI somehow. And... Um, have a group of players I want to travel and stay with qualify also. Hopefully you guys. And um, I mean, I would probably go anywhere in that respect. But if I was not qualified, I will not be traveling to, you know, Germany or Hong Kong, I assume, you know, somewhere somewhere in that ballpark uh, just for the calling. I would love to, but as far as vacations go, there's a lot to do in the world. And um, if I was going for it, I'd want to be playing in it, I think. Nice. That's fair. Yeah. On to the next question. Excellent. What cards do you think, what cards do you guys think will be overrated in Dynasty? How about underrated? Uh, And this is from Ronnie. Shout out to Ronnie. On Twitter. Totally. Yep. So good. Um, for me, I don't know yet. Uh, it's, it's just hard to not have them in my hand or I've played with them and that sort of thing. So I don't really have any takes. Get, get back to me next episode. I'll be answering that question. Colin. I really hope all the warrior cards are overrated because I really don't <laughs> want a warrior meta to come back these things look annoying and scary <clears throat> and just like i don't need to play more dory i don't i don't like it <laughs> so there's that i also hope the uh was it reinforced steel is also overrated uh and is a pain but i feel like it's not i think guardian's gonna be a big wall to get over um and I, let's see, underrated? I don't know what's in me underrated. I think there's a lot of cool things. So um, I I do think there's going to be some cool. Uh, I think that 
crouching tiger situation might be underrated. It seems like a bit weird right now, but I think it might be cool. Which is nice. I don't know. And then I don't know. It I got there's too much shit, man. Like <laughs> Darn, I'm gonna take over. Go through go through all the cards. Please, Isaac, you go. Um so overrated, I picked Crouching Tiger um and Looming Doom. I think the Crouching Tigers are really cool, but just paired with the one pump card and or Art of War or being able to like Katsu fetch with them, I don't think is like quite enough um, to have consistent power level in that deck. I could be totally wrong and it could be a broken combo, but um, just at face value, I picked that. And Looming Doom, I think will be overrated. Uh, I think it's a very cool like OTK style kill card and I actually hope that it's good to enable like a different archetype. But um, to me, as it stands, it's a little bit too cute, like build all the room chance and then like over a whole bunch of turns deal two per turn in addition to what you're doing. Um, I hope I'm wrong though. Both those cards are really cool. Nice. Uh, For underrated, I picked beaten trackers, uh, especially in blitz, but also maybe in like the hyper aggro matchups because as is Reinar like, you know, as Leviah with Hooves, oftentimes you're only trying to get like one extra action point once per game off a of scab skins. Um, and running beaten trackers, you can also free up a glove slot, uh, you know, for whatever you want in there. So that like has quite a lot of value, I think, but especially in Blitz, I think it'll be a quite powerful card to have an on-demand action point. And finally, I think that Royal is underrated. I'm not sure if this is under if people underrate that card, but um, just starting with a gold token in play for the uh, hand filter for the Ash generation in my case, um, and then access to those three cards just as like a sideboard option to be Royal. I think um, I think it's actually pretty powerful for only giving up like a. I mean, the crown right now is two block and a hand filter, which is also powerful. But um, I think that in certain matchups or certain cases, that'll be a very powerful splash ability. Those are my hot picks. I actually have no idea, but that's them. Sweet. All right. Um, I think we covered Yuki's question of our biggest highlight over the weekend. But if if there's anything else you guys want to tack on there. Otherwise, uh, Hayden Dale wants to know, how many tacos did you consume over the weekend? (laughs) This is the real important question. Hey, I was only there two nights, though. I had 10. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. I think I had 11 over three days. (laughs) Yeah, 10 in two two sittings. I think I could have easily gone to like, you know, I don't know, 12 or 14. Those tacos were so good. We hadn't eaten all day. So then you're like, you're so hungry. You can just shove tacos in there and kind of race your, your hung or your full signal. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it takes your, your body a while to send that signal. So you could just like shove tacos in it. Cause you're so hungry. Yeah. <laughs> we did. We got some pho on Friday. Dude. That was and that was dope. I went home, took a nap and a shower, and then went out and got more tacos. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was actually a, a hella dope day. We like 
walked way too far to this pho place and we thought it was in this like convenience store we're like oh yeah if it's like in a convenience store like it's gonna be like really good you know what i mean but it was Mm -hmm. actually the building like across like right around the corner (laughs) which was really funny and they had we were like the only people in there and they just were looping the most calming music (laughs) and it was like really quiet and it was just us it was me calling and mitch and we had super delicious pho and it just had this calming music and then we're full of like warm liquid and we were just all three of us were pretty sleepy it was great it was great and then got more tacos i was like oh yeah yeah I could eat some more tacos yeah totally and then i went and had five tacos like three hours later it was great <laughs> tried to get the new zealand crew onto the tripa taco tip but only only one of them joined us and he was correct because the tripa tacos were dope yeah yeah um and then his follow-up question what did you think of the meta and did you think Blitz ended up coming off well as a format choice? So this we'll give a, that to Isaac. This is a good question, Hayden. Um, I think from LSS's perspective, it probably did because it presented a different format with a different metagame, albeit also with Icelander and Oldham, right? But there's like Prism is pretty prevalent and Reinar is pretty prevalent. So um having like a different set of interactions and stuff was probably really good advertising for them in terms of casting. Uh, From the player side of it, I had a lot of people still have the same sentiment kind of like, it's not like after it happened, everybody walked away and was like, Oh, they were right. It was great having blitz in there too. You know, this is, it was totally awesome. Actually. It was totally fine. It was like, most people were like, you know, still not into having blitz there or at least that i talked to a small sample size but and you know i still feel that way just that um just to echo something i think zach bunn said but you know like having draft like draft is a little or five games can be a little high rolly right but at least drafting is like a different skill set and a kind of a different game that tests the different abilities to me, playing Blitz just tests kind of the same abilities as CC, but you just like die if you get high rolled instead of are behind, right? There's just more variance because there's less turns to me in the same skill set. So I don't know. That just kind of like feels bad um, in my opinion, but... Uh, my my pushback on that just a little bit just to be devil's advocate <clears throat> excuse me i think the the skill you're testing in blitz is kind of your uh deck building ability and that in conjunction with like how well you can meta game the event right like i had completely forgotten about prism also i didn't have to think about it cuz i wasn't playing blitz but uh, the prevalence of Prism was like a freaking great call. You know what I mean? Like to know what the kind of most prominent decks were going to be and then to bring Prism and then for it to like turn out very well was like a, a good idea. So I think that's kind of maybe the more of the skill in this tri-format that's happening. But you yeah, know, just, just have a different opinion. 
I mean, I I totally thought of Prism. I think a lot of people do because there's Prism was floating around before this event happened. I just have barely played Prism and don't have any of the cards, so I was like not going down that path as it's like a fairly skilled deck, especially into aggro. Um, but I do hear what you're saying, and all that stuff definitely like matters and weighs in there for sure. But I would argue that those things also weigh in into a CC game as well. Um, in pretty similar ways anyway you know that's just my take on it and how i feel about it i am biased because i do like a longer more strategic game um, with a lot of decision points and you know it's pretty like hayden asked this question and he got turn one i think barraging alpha rampage massacred and started the game at like you know six to twenty or whatever and one of his winning ends which uh is part of blitz for sure um yeah so i don't think that's he, why he was asking this question but you know that's that's the other side of it right like yeah you're testing deck building and you're testing like you know meta calls and stuff but you can also get super alpha rampaged <laughs> turns here yeah. you know yeah totally it's also like the reason you run that deck is is for that uh purpose is for uh to run Reinar is to do that. But for me, uh, you know, my little two cents about it, I think Blitz is just fine. And I enjoy that they, I would have enjoyed to play in a tri format. And I think it's cool that Worlds is tri format and that we now know that. And so, um, you know, if that's going to be the regular, then people will uh, pay attention you know, to be the world champ. Yeah. I should clarify. I do think Blitz is a good format. I think it's in a very healthy place. And I think they did well uh, it being a good format. 100%. You know, um, <clears throat> not trying to say it's like bad or anything like that at all. Um, I guess my like last little counter is that, um, and playing in Blitz was really enjoyable you know, playing like Icelander versus Kasai and stuff like that, like new problems. Um, it, it's just the question of measuring the best player in the world, which is Michael Hamilton with or without blitz, no doubt. <laughs> I'm not saying it like, you know, fuck things up or anything, but just when like measuring the the skill of the best players in the world, um, I would just argue that CC is a bit better at doing that than blitz is, but. I'm just going to say they should let us plebs play in multi-format tournaments. Like, yeah. Why is it just pro tour and nationals? Like let's have a multi-format calling. Let's go. I want to have It kind of seems like it will be going forward maybe. Yeah. I hope they do another team blitz event near us so we yeah. can go. That's what I want to play also in. Be fun. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Last question from fellow friend content creators paranine should people play upf and since you don't play UPF, <laughs> uh yes i think they should if somebody has like a curated cube of upf york deck situation that seems like the best because then i don't have to like the barrier to entry to that format is really low and in that regard. And uh, 
you can make it like a cube style, more fun situation. That's, that's what made that memorable. But the other like UPF games I've played have been, uh, so, so that's my answer. Yeah. I think it's important in the absence of PVE or any kind of multiplayer format at all. Um, and especially since blitz is so fast. Um, I think that, you know, UPF does have a, like a healthy spot in the game for sure. And anybody looking for like a casual outlet for something to do, like after a tournament or whatever, it's, uh, you know, has, has a nice role there for sure. Sounds fun. We just need to like bring an extra deck and like get people to play, um, which I think is generally the problem, but I'm down. Why not? Nice. Silver palms. Let's go. (laughs) (laughs) Woo. So signature segments this week, uh, we're just going to do a board game from the closet. Colin has something he wants to share with us and we're taking a break on pick pass prey so isaac set us up bro uh here at the attack action podcast we like to play many board games not just flesh and blood and sometimes we like to share a board game with you our listeners in the hope that you will enjoy that at home so this episode's board game from the closet is colin's board game dude i told you all this was going to become my segment (laughs) (laughs) and it is so this week it's a galaxy trucker uh by oh god what's his name oh i'll remember it while i'm talking about it he's a czech designer he's great uh galaxy trucker is a game about building a shitty spaceship and then having that spaceship fall apart while you move around (laughs) the galaxy it is it's basically two parts. One, you build your ship in kind of this real-time thing. You have a big pile of uh, square tiles that have to connect in specific ways. Um, and then one at a time, you have to grab it, and then you can't flip it over until it's over your board. So it's like you can't, uh, you can't, you know, just start flipping them over in the middle. You have to, like, grab one at a time, and then you place it or <clears throat> put it back. And you're trying to like have energy and engines and lasers and shields and crew. And you have to like have cargo room for all the cargo you're going to pick up. And then uh, you do all that, which is really fun, little real time game. And then then you just start going around the galaxy and a bunch of random things happen and your ship starts falling apart. And then it gets hit by one thing in the one spot and like the entire left half just dies with everybody in it and you lose everything and it's super fun uh it's a great great game my wife really enjoys this game mostly because she likes to put together all the the little uh the ship part of it um we don't play that part super real time because i i I let her enjoy that because she she loves it and uh and then you just go through and the stupid things happen and you can sit there and laugh while your you know ridiculous spaceship kind of falls apart so uh yes uh vlada vlada schwadl i believe is how you pronounce it yeah he's done a lot of he did code names he's in code names yeah yeah um and just this is a really great one i think they just released a new edition which looked really nice so uh highly recommend uh galaxy trucker yeah i've gotten to play galaxy trucker a few times uh and it's a it's super fun it's a great casual game that's silly (laughs) it's great 
it, it's a game where you like can be really invested in building the ship and then immediately just have to like destroy it, which is very funny. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> totally. And, uh, yeah, that that's it. Great board game, Colin. Thank you. Uh, well, that is going to do it for us. It's kind of a honker of an episode, uh, but you know, a lot to talk about. It was a big weekend. And uh, if we forgot anything or whatever, you know, just let us know. And I'd be happy to tell more stories. You know, Simon from uh, Push the Point tracked me down and was like, I feel like I should say hi because we're Mo bros because we both have mustaches. (laughs) Um, And that was really fun. And uh, he's he's a great guy. What a very nice human being. So I'm sad I didn't chat with Simon in real life. We've chatted on the Internet. So shout out to Simon. Hell yeah. He's, and push the point. Yeah. And Hamish. Hamish was lovely to meet. He's a very funny guy. Yeah, he was hilarious. He was a great dude. Um, so anyway, that's our show. You know what to do to support us at this point, I hope. And if not, uh, we'll talk about it more in our next episode uh, later this month in November. We look forward to diving deep into Dynasty. Yep. Um Oh, also, nobody's listening at this point. I guarantee not a single person hears this part. But um, I will be making a Dromai deck tech, or we will be making a Dromai deck tech on the deck I brought um, coming up here soon on our YouTube channel. So for anybody that happens to still be listening, (laughs) there you go. Oh, yeah. I also forgot to mention, uh, if you're in the Discord on the Patreon, be sure to use the podcast discussion channel to talk about anything related to what we said on this podcast nice thanks everyone thanks everybody (laughs) goodbye adios bye thank you for listening you can find us on youtube facebook and instagram at the attack action podcast on twitter we are at battle bro taylor and at battle bro isaac shoot us an email the attack action podcast at gmail.com. If you would like to support us, like and subscribe, shop for singles using our affiliate link, or support our Patreon for as little as $4 per month.